The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back, and we're showing up bigger, better, and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas, for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin, Texas. I'm so pumped because I've talked about you on my social. I call you my pseudo sister. Yeah. Yeah. Which, how do you feel about that name? I love that. Yeah. I feel like you're my pseudo sister. Because I say, I've said little sister at one point and then I've gotten messages being like, wait, I'm really confused. You have another little sister. Where are her freckles? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where are your fucking freckles? Yeah. But I say pseudo because you, I feel as if you're my little sister. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because we've just spent our entire lives together. Because our moms are attached to the hip. Yeah. Or because you're also my little sister's best friend. So that also ties into it. Yeah. I think it's just all of that. It's just like we grew up together. We're family. Well, our families are one. Yeah, they literally are. <laughs> and I mean, you don't even have a choice of who's going to officiate your wedding no. at this point. No, I don't. Cindy. And I was told that many times <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Cindy, for context, officiated your mom's second wedding. Yes. Then, then your older sister. sister. <laughs> then then no your brothers. brothers. It's so ridiculous it's when ridiculous. you say it. Like, what the, yeah. Well, she got ordained because of your mom. And now oh. I think she's done five. I didn't realize she got ordained just because of that. Well, so your mom made a joke one time when they were talking about getting married, her uh-huh. and Rob. And this is what my mom says, so yeah. fact check. But my mom claims that Judy made a joke and was like, yeah, wouldn't that be so great if you officiated our wedding? And your mom's Not like, even say less. Her. And my mom said, say <laughs> less. Yeah. Went on her own, yeah. got ordained, and yeah. then surprised Judy by being like, I'm ordained, I can do this. I'm like, mom, that doesn't mean she necessarily asked you. So it was kind of like a forced situation. Yeah, yeah. Judy then didn't have a choice. But it that was, was her first one. Yeah, and it was so like intimate and small and amazing. It was. And then it just got bigger and bigger, bigger and, and bigger. bigger. <laughs> and she and she got better and better. She and did better. get better. And she's yeah. good on her feet when someone like your brother doesn't write their vows. Yes. And Oh no, he wrote them. He just did not didn't bring, bring them. them. Yeah. Didn't bring them. <laughs> that you've seen that video <laughs> of from no. the day. Oh my god, there's a video of Wait, him realizing? He, no, you have him going walking down the aisle up to Cindy waiting for Adrian and <laughs> And he's like, where are your vows? You can like see her say that. And he just goes, I don't know. And she just goes, I mean, panic. And then she just starts flipping through her book. <laughs> but like, and then only she, she would be prepared. No, and then she starts the ceremony. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to Cece, my sister. Cece's like, this is sounding awfully familiar. Oh, yeah. And it was her vows. Her vows. <laughs> yeah. My mom, yeah. we leave. She walks up to me and she goes, oh, my fucking God, Drew didn't bring the vows. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, he just got up to the aisle and told me he did not have his vows. Like, yeah. as we're all exiting yeah. the talk tower. I'm like, only, only Drew. And only it was Drew. literally fun. Love him to death. Yeah. But, but only Drew. Only Drew. Yeah. Okay. So context 
which is a lot of what this episode will be about. Totally, yeah. I feel our families are incredibly close because our parents were Mm -hmm. very close and our moms are inseparable. Like I joke all the time that they've merged to one human and it's a little terrifying. Yeah, it is. But (laughs) it can be scary. It can be scary. Yeah. And also unclear if like maybe they would end up together if they were both single. (laughs) I don't know. It would be an amazing life. It would. But I also think that trauma brought our families together. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that like specifically our moms. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy. You can share it. I can share it. But basically, what we're talking about is 9-11. And I've referenced this in episodes prior when I talk about Mm -hmm. emotions I have around childhood and different trauma and how to process trauma that you're involved in, but it's more focused on someone else, which I would actually love to talk to you about. Yeah. I don't think we have. But Carly's dad passed in Mm 9-11. He was a trader at Kenner Fitzgerald. Am I correct in saying that? And that day obviously rocked the entire world, Mm -hmm. but more specifically the families that were directly impacted, obviously. And I do think that that day changed the trajectory of our families because it was like, we are one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your mom showed up and I'm, I know this from, I mean, I was only four years old, which is wild for me to realize. Yeah. I was only four when 9-11 happened. And some of the only memories I have from the day are they're really like visceral mm-hmm. and like the corduroy of a couch that I was sitting on, like watching yeah. the TV kind of thing. And your mom, mm-hmm. like I remember seeing your mom and my mom and they were like in their tennis outfits or whatever. And my mom has said this so many times to me, especially as I get older mm-hmm. and I like can dig deeper into, you know, everything that is yes. Judy King. <laughs> she says that all the time. She's like, Cindy showed up like they weren't as close as they were before 9-11 yeah. that they were the day after. You know what I mean? Like she showed up for my mom in a way that was so incredible and like important. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the kind of person like your mom is. And yes. And it's she continues to do it, you know, and it's just so... Yeah, it's it's so important. That's when you say like pseudo sister, pseudo mom, like Cindy is, you know, my second mom for yes. sure. I mean, she, it's one of the things I admire the most about my mom is her yeah. ability to just like step up and show up. It's crazy. And like not take on, but yeah. really just like throw herself into a situation mm-hmm. to help in any way she can. Yeah. And I don't think we've ever really unpacked 9-11, the two of us. No. Obviously we've like, Talked. Yeah. It's a big part of our lives, yeah. but I have the most vivid memories of that entire day really? because it was my first week at PDS. Yeah. So I remember the entire thing. I remember. Right. Because you weren't at JP anymore. No, I just switched. Okay. Drew was still at JP. Right. And I remember we were doing this like scavenger hunt or we were outside for like a gym class or something. It happened. Mm-hmm. Maddie had given her focus speech that morning. Oh my God. The, like, Everyone in the high school was speaking on their phone with parents in these glass windows I could see outside because so many people were commuters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember we all went into the amphitheater and some kids get started getting picked up early. Yeah. And Mr. Buck came oh. and he was picking up his kids and was like, I'm just going to take the Linville's with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because yeah. also I didn't know what the World Trade Center was. Yeah. If yeah. we're being honest, like yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know that my dad worked in the building next to it. Yeah. No context. 
And then my mom came downstairs with to the school with Cece in her arms. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And Whoa. we get in the car. That. We all go to my house. Yeah. You're with me. Yeah. I remember saying to Cece, I think about this vividly often. Like, don't worry. The worst thing that could happen is your dad breaks his arm. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> is it so weird the things that you remember? The things that you yeah, remember. Yeah, 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 it's so weird. And, and you're like, that's the worst thing I've ever known to happen. That so could, that's, like yeah. in my head, that was the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then I remember we're sitting in the sunroom trying to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Drew, maybe you weren't with us, but yeah. Cece was. And we were trying to find something and everything, even MTV, everything was talking about 9-11. Yeah. And I think that was the moment that I still think about now where it's taken on such a universal mm. news moment yeah that footage is so often reshared yeah like how does that make you feel as someone who suffered and experienced so much personal trauma mm-hmm. in a moment that's now so like put in your face every once totally, in a while yeah does that make sense totally yeah so that's a great question me and cc so me and my older sister are 10 years apart me and drew are six years apart so i'm the only kid in the family who had to actually learn about 9-11 in school. Oh my God. Like 9-11 was something that was taught. Yeah. You had to learn about it. Yeah. It was in history textbooks, literally. And to have such a close connection with something that was literally, everyone had to know about, everyone did know about. It Mm -hmm. was a point, like a line in the sand. You know, there's pre 9-11 USA, post Mm 9-11 USA. And so I think that unfortunately for me, it's just always been a reality. Like I've only known what it's like for I've only known that sometimes people wake up go to work and there's a plane that hits their building and they thousands of people die like that to me is my reality and I think it's taken a lot of therapy and Mm -hmm. time and weed to understand that yeah yeah that like everyone calls like you're a victim of 9-11 like the Mm -hmm. victims of 9-11 are the families but for me it's it doesn't even feel necessarily like that because I don't remember before. Like I don't, my first memories are of that day. So it's hard to conceptualize what a life without knowing that, you know, sometimes you, one day you wake up and the world ends. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest disconnect between, or not disconnect, but difference between my experience and my siblings experience and a lot of kids experience at the time. And because I've had to be in classes where it gets brought up when people say stuff, when, you know, the 10 year anniversary was my first day of freshman year and our high school, in high school, in, in high school and PDS had a huge ceremony for it, a huge assembly. They didn't tell me that they were having this. That's fucked and up. It was so messed up. And I'm sitting next to Lucy, your sister. And all of a sudden it's like, whatever, like the meetings, like morning meetings. And it's the whole school. And then all of a sudden, one of my dad's best friends, Howie gets up and starts telling this whole story about my dad. And I'm in, I'm freshman year in front of the whole school. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Heads up would have been nice. Heads up would have been nice. But also I'm just like, everyone is experiencing something in this room, but no one's experiencing what I am experiencing. And I think that sense of perspective is something that now I hold really, you know, true and close and I try to have that be the North Star like of my mm-hmm. life of my music is is that perspective. 
I am a very simple skincare girly and I fully believe in the less is more approach. Partially that is because I'm just simply overwhelmed by the abundance of products available, but also because time is of the essence right now and the easier, the better. With that said, I'm also focused on making sure I'm taking care of my skin as I age. As someone in their young 30s, I have noticed that my skin has changed over time and wrinkles are becoming more and more prevalent. And I would love to try my best to just like slow down that process. I've been looking for a skincare product that effectively can combat aging and wrinkles and help restore the appearance of youth to my skin. And that is why I love Purity Woods so much. Purity Woods' mission is to provide people with the cleanest and most effective healthy aging and longevity products available. All of their products are USDA certified organic, non-GMO, free of anything artificial, free of toxic preservatives and synthetic additives like pesticides, chemical fertilizers and dyes, parabens, and of course, it's cruelty-free and never tested on animals. The Purity Woods Age-Defying Dream Cream has become a new staple in my routine to assist with eliminating fine lines and wrinkles, age spots, and uneven skin tone. The reality is we're all going to age, and what a gift aging is, but products like this help me do so in a way where I still have the confidence at the forefront. Turn back time on the appearance of of your skin with Purity Woods Age Defying Dream Cream. Purity Woods is currently offering 17% off site wide, but we have an additional 10% discount for our listeners for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com slash Cameron or enter code Cameron at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. That's P-U-R-I-T-Y-W-O-O-D-S.com and enter code Cameron for a total of 27% off your first order. I feel like I've talked about this at nauseum lately, but honestly, the decision fatigue around food is so real. So, so, so real. By the end of the day, I just, I wish I had like an at-home private chef. That would be my dream, okay? Like if I ever made it big one day, that would be the first extravagant luxury I would pay for. While that's not an option right now, I found like the next best thing, and that is Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. There's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping. You don't have to cook, and you don't even have to clean. You just grab it from your fridge, pop it in, heat it up, and eat. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. It's honestly like the new age, extravagant, delicious, more nutritious TV dinner because I'm just popping it in and dinner is ready for our family. Plus, they have done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Head to factormeals.com slash cam50 and use code cam50 to get 50% off. That's code cam50 at factormeals.com slash cam50 to get 50% off. Truly the best option for those nights where you just simply do not have the energy to think about what you want to make, cook, or clean. You pop it in, you heat it up, you eat it. It's delicious. Does any part of you feel like you haven't had the ability, not ability, but the space to like grieve in the way you would have wanted to because it's such a universal experience or no? That's so interesting. No, I never, I would never say I don't have, I have so, I'm so privileged and have like so many tools and outlets and people and friends mm -hmm. and family that support me. I don't think that I'm missing out on any sort of experience. space or experience mm -hmm. to grieve. I think I'm like very good at grieving <laughs> because it's pretty much second nature at this point. But I think the craziest thing is 
I've grown up with the grief and it's changed as I've grown. And, you know, a lot of it in high school and like early in college, it was a lot of anger Mm -hmm. that I couldn't, you know, it felt like I was grieving something that I almost wasn't even, I didn't even get the chance to experience. experience. Like, it's like I'm grieving the loss of my father, who's someone I don't really even remember getting to hang out with or spend time Mm -hmm. with. So that's the only thing I think I've missed out on is obviously like time with time with him. Do you have memories of him? I do, but like kind of like I was saying before, they're all really visceral. It's all like physical. Like I just remember him being massive. (laughs) He was big. (laughs) Just like a big dude. And I remember his like smell. And the only memory I really have of him is like he was just like shaving. And I look, I was like looking up at him and he just just, boo. (laughs) And he like like shaving cream on him. But it's people like your dad and and your family, his family, my family, that are able to and his friends that are able to just keep his memories so mm-hmm. alive the yeah. best compliment i've ever gotten was by one of his friends and we were skiing and we were in the gondola and i was just like joking around big powder day everyone's like so excited big powder day big powder day everyone's so control. excited and he just looks at me he's like god you're andrew king and drag <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like Thank you. Crying. I was like, thank you so much. No, but I agree. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And that's like the best compliment someone someone could give me, which is ridiculous. But but yeah, but the craziest thing about the grief and I think my experience and my story and my perspective is I people put things on me. Mm-hmm. The second someone finds out that my dad died 9-11, it's like, they feel connected to me in a way that I could never have gotten there with them in 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Do you feel like that's a positive or a negative? I think it's a positive thing. And I think that maybe because I'm also really willing to share Mm -hmm. and open up about it because it feels less of my own personal experience where I know with my sister, my brother, their grief is very personal. I think that's what I meant in my question of like, have you had this space to grieve? Yeah. Because maybe I'm coming at it from someone who was older. Yeah. So I'm envisioning if it had been a role reverse, just because yeah. I even feel when 9-11 gets brought up, everyone likes to share the story of, oh, I know Where the person, who, the person yeah. who did this. I mean, I simply just did it with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a very universal experience. I don't mm-hmm. know why we all do that, but we do. And I yeah. think maybe we want to connect. We want to totally. share experience, et cetera. Totally. But I think about it a lot when that happens sometimes of being like, there's always layers of how you were impacted. Yeah. You know, maybe you were in California and you saw it on the news yeah. and you don't know anyone. Yeah. And then if you're on the East Coast. Totally. And then if you're in the tri-state area and then yeah. if your parents are working in the city. Yeah. And then it gets closer and closer mm-hmm. and closer. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And so I think I felt very close to it because- my dad was in the next building. Yeah. We didn't know what was happening. I vividly remember when he eventually got home that day and with you all. But I think about it, if I had been the one to lose a parent, I would almost feel like, let me have this fucking experience. Totally. Because it, I've been there. You know I've what I mean? I've definitely been there, especially in school. Like I just remember in high school and college when <clears throat> we started having to talk about it more, you know, I'm writing like I was an English major. So it was like, having to talk about it as like an intellectual is so intense Mm -hmm. and trying to just like compartmentalize my mom's favorite word. I can't say that word, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that word, but yeah, I, I think that I think that with all of the documentaries Mm -hmm. and 
social. And now as I get older, I don't feel as like it's mine yeah. necessarily. But at the same time, it doesn't really, that doesn't really bother me. I, like you're just saying, everyone, when they talk about it, oh, where were you? I was here. Everyone knows where they were when they found out that, mm -hmm. you know, the plane hit. And I think that's just human nature of wanting to be a part of something bigger. And like, yeah. if I can, not that I would say like, I feel lucky because that's obviously not the right word, but it is a unique privilege to be so connected to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you connected with other yeah. children? Yeah. One of the most incredible experiences, honestly, like of my life so far has been the connections made from 9-11. One of them specifically, my friend Sierra is, we played club lacrosse together at DU, University of Denver, go Pios. And she, we were just playing lacrosse one day. She's like, oh yeah, from the East Coast. Oh yeah, I'm from the East Coast, blah, blah, blah. She's a couple years older than me. And then I forget exactly how it came up. And then all of a sudden she was like, yeah, my dad died in 9-11. I was like, did your whole body go oh, still? I think I literally like, I was like, what's out of a body experience? Yeah. And I was like, my dad died in 9-11 and never do you have that experience. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? So, and she's like, yeah, he worked for Canner. They worked on the same floor. Shut up. They literally like definitely knew each other. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy. And so she is this amazing skier and she's dealt with so much just like, you know, grief and her, she has a big family and they've all, you know, dealt with the loss of their father in their own way. And she just came out with this film called Bloom. And it's just all about how skiing is like her happy place and that doing, being physical and being in nature is the best therapy for her and her family. Mm -hmm. And the way she connects with her dad, cause her dad loved to ski and my dad loved to ski too. So we always love to say that, you know, they're somewhere skiing together. Oh my God. Um, and she just came out with this film called Bloom and she was able to license like one of my songs to be in it. So it was just like this full circle moment of like connection and, and loss. And I think one of my favorite things to say and what I think about a lot is, you know, life which is to say death. Like if you're gonna talk about life and the life you wanna live and the life that you're living, it's also to say like, one day you're gonna die. Yeah. And if you're gonna talk about death, like that means someone died, that means they lived, like mm -hmm. that's amazing. So yeah, a lot of crazy connections. I could go on and on I feel and like on. Drew had one of these too. I remember vividly someone Drew, yeah, in college. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or at Salisbury, I forget, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, one of his friends, like brothers, yeah, I know who you're talking about. There was Love. something wild. Yeah, there. Mm -hmm. it was crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of connections like that. I mean, even just a couple months ago, I was sitting at before I moved back to Wyoming. I was I was there just like trying to find housing, and I had some work to do. So I was like, I'm gonna go to the Four Seasons and post up as <laughs> as one does as one does when they're you know don't know anywhere else to go. And I'm sitting there and I'm working. And I like got a glass of wine and I'm just kind of like on this call. And someone next to me could tell that I was on a Zoom call, but they couldn't see I was drinking, but I was drinking. Yeah. And then it ends and she's like probably like 50 and she's looking at me. She's like, that was amazing. Like, that was so funny. Like, can't believe you're working right now and like have a drink in front of you. And they had no idea. I was like, yeah, like, haha, whatever. And then we get to talking. She's a pilot and her 
husband died in 9-11. What? And so we just start getting into this like crazy conversation. She starts crying. She literally like starts calling her friends. One of her friends knew my dad. Like it was. See, that's the universe. You no, can't it's make just, that shit it's up. It's so crazy. And like, I'm not like some, I'm not totally woo woo, but I've definitely, it's hard not to be. I mean, we when, have our woo woo side. Hello, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've heard you talk about Cricket on here. And yeah, I mean, I think that. It's just, and one of the songs actually on my EP, which I haven't really brought up, but whatever. Well, um, we're going to get into it, don't yeah, you worry. Yeah, I don't know how this works, but <laughs> I don't know how this does work. But it's called End of the World because people always say, you know, it's not the end of the world. Hmm. It's not the end of the world. And I just disagree. I think sometimes it is the end of the world. And that doesn't mean that you're going to wake up the next day and it's everything's going to be fine. But sometimes like, the world feels like it's ending and it's okay mm -hmm. to just like embrace that and take it for what it is. Like, I just, I don't have memories from the day of like, oh, I remember, you know, I couldn't say, you know, I remember exactly where I was when mm -hmm. I found out, but I do have memories of, of the day. Mm -hmm. You're so young. So young. And it's so crazy to think of the impact that it's had, especially with when I see like little kids and I'm just like, yeah, I can't I even about that. imagine. I almost doubt my memories when I see someone in the age of four. I'm like, how is it possible mm -hmm. that I have these memories still and that I still ha like think about them often? But I do. And, you know, I think it'll also be a very interesting and eye opening and wonderful, hopefully, experience yeah. for you if you choose to have kids. Yeah. Because you will experience the feelings that your dad inevitably felt about you. Yeah. This is making me emotional just because yeah, of how yeah. I feel about my kids. Yeah. And like, I have really intrusive fucked up thoughts, but like every once in a while, I will have this overwhelming fear of like, what if something happens to me? He will mm. not remember me. And so that, wow. because it's true, yeah. like they're so little, they're not going to remember yeah. at this age. They won't. Yeah. At four, they will have some memories. Yeah. But like you've said, your, your life kind of started in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think having kids will be, a really hopefully healing experience for you to feel the things that your dad felt about you because yeah. it'll make it almost even more real in the love yeah. that he had. Yeah. And I hope that, and I, I feel that that's how my brother will yeah. feel because he's about to have a kid. And I feel like they're, it's going to bring up a lot and yeah, I think it's going to be really good, but it's also, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be amazing. And that's when I really believe in like nature over nurture mm -hmm. because there's so many things that I've been told by people who knew my dad so well. I mean, like, you are your dad. Yeah, that I just couldn't have, I could not have just like learned in four mm -hmm. years, you know? When I see Drew now, your older brother, yeah. who's like my yeah. brother, best friend, yeah. husband at one point, we got married on the beach. Um <laughs> And then I flush it right down the toilet because he pissed me off. Oh, um, the drama. The drama. The drama. I forget what he did. We're, but <laughs> when I see him now, yeah, and I think my dad has the same experience where it's like trippy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, every memory I have of Andrew yeah. is watch, it is now like morphed, morphed yeah. into observing Drew. Totally. And I feel the same way about you where yeah. like you have such similar mannerisms as he did from yeah. my memories of yeah. him. So it's wild. I'm Thank curious. <laughs> Obviously, I don't envision a lot of my listeners having the same experience 
in the way that they lost a parent, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of listeners have lost oh, yeah. parents. So what has helped you with the grief over the years in like working through it? Totally. The biggest thing is having an outlet for me and that's my music. That's been the most therapeutic, cathartic way to, you know, translate how I'm my life. Mm -hmm. And I think just having an outlet, whether it be writing or if you're a musician, if you're playing music, or if you're just able to talk to people who have gone through similar experiences, Mm -hmm. something that's helped me so much is having those connections, like having friends who have lost their parents, being able to talk about it, finding that common ground. That's the biggest thing that's that's helped. And even if you're not a musician, I think music in general. Like I really do think everyone I've spoken to, and unfortunately I've lost a lot of people in my life and it's connected me to even more people. And that, and there's always music. Like Mm -hmm. that's been therapeutic. You know, I lost one of my really good friends and just like listening to James Taylor is all I need to do. Or even just listening, he like loved Mac Miller and so listening to Mac Miller, like I just feel like music is so incredibly important when it comes to connecting and especially grieving and mm-hmm. loss. And I think there's a lot to be lots to be said there. I mean, we talk about visceral memories. I think music brings up such yeah. visceral emotions <clears throat> oh, yeah. of experiences, whether it be happy or sad. Like there could be a random Kesha song that to- plays. And totally. I'm like, oh, I'm in college oh, at yeah. this exact party. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> it is triggered to yeah. the point. And I feel the same way about there was a song that we played at my papa's funeral and every time i hear it i'm like this Mm -hmm. is purposeful yeah there is a reason for this like i deeply believe in that yeah whole thing i've talked at nauseam about how much i love this brand specifically when i was pregnant and breastfeeding because the thirst like the quench for a hydrating beverage was unlike anything i can put into words it was simply all-consuming And the only way that I got through it and survived it is with my daily element over ice in my straw cup. Personally, I loved the citrus salt flavor during that period of my life. And it truly was the only way I was able to like take down liquids. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt with no sugar. This product contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk like coloring, artificial ingredients, and other BS additives. Whether you overdid it this past weekend, you're attending just too many parties, you're working out a ton, or you're really just trying to keep an active lifestyle, or you're pregnant or breastfeeding, replenishing electrolytes is super important. Typically, yes, I love my ice cold glass of citrus salt element, But with these cold weathers and constant snow that we are experiencing, I'm in need of a nice warm cup of something tasty. And that is why I'm loving the new Element Chocolate Medley flavors. Chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry are designed to be enjoyed hot and are perfect for your cold morning walk, skiing, snowboarding, skating, driveway shoveling, whatever the heck you are doing during these cold days. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase when you purchase through my link. Go to drinkelement.com slash Cameron to receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through our URL. Plus, Element offers no questions asked refunds, so try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back, no questions asked, so you really have nothing to lose. Right now, our house is on a huge cereal kick. Okay, our toddler, big, 
big cereal guy. Joe gave him a bowl of cereal one weekend and now it's all he wants. And he is the cutest thing in the world because after he finishes the cereal, he like lifts the bowl up to his mouth and drinks the rest of the milk, which like not for me, not a milk girl, but like so love that for him. I was not joining him on the cereal kick for some reason. I don't know. I was just like, mm, haven't had cereal in a while. Nah, whatever. I'm also trying to get more protein in with my breakfast. But then I realized I can join him in on the cereal fun and get my protein fix if I'm making Magic Spoon cereal. I love, 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 love their cocoa and their peanut butter mixed together with some banana chopped on in, chopped, I don't know, sliced, whatever, banana thrown in the bowl. It is the perfect combo. Magic Spoon comes, they have a variety pack. The four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And the pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs with only 140 calories a serving. So it's high protein, zero grams of sugar, and then it's all the keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So if you have any intolerances like that, it's also perfect for you. It is so delicious. Everyone in our household loves it. It is a big hit, and I'm still getting in that protein fix in the morning. Go to magicspoon.com slash foodie to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code foodie at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash foodie and use the code foodie to save $5 off. Let's talk about music. Let's talk about music. We're, okay, this is more of a personal thing. Cause yeah, because I, yeah. I feel like you, have you ever had a musician on the podcast? No, but <laughs> go you. <laughs> yeah, first time. But I am like, <laughs> Trying to figure out when did you start? When was like, <laughs> like a thing? Because I do remember yeah. one time being home. I don't know what year this was, pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. And my mom's like, Carly's going to play at A and B. And I'm like, play what? And she's like, music. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, she's like going to start. Like she started writing songs. And I'm like, yeah. Carly knows how to sing. <laughs> And I'm not going to lie, I kind of yeah. showed up being like, what are we about to hear? Yeah. Because I'd never heard you sing yeah. growing up. No. It like, was it's definitely like you a were personal, in choir. It was, no. Or any of those things, which like, well, I was in I theater. Was, which is a joke. I, I was in theater. Um, okay, well, I guess I actually wasn't even in school. No, you, we, so were not, <laughs> we were not. We were not in high school. But, <laughs> but no, like, you weren't like the star of the eighth grade musical. <laughs> no. So that's what I I'm saying. I don't even think I showed up to my own eighth grade musical. <laughs> I was a, we were Fiddler on the Roof, and I was cast as a drunk man in the bar scene and it was one scene that's like i was a man so dancing in the back <laughs> but everything about that um, but i remember just being like huh and then when you yeah. played, i was like wait what is it happening carly's yeah. good yeah so it's so funny and this is why i think like anyone listening to this it's like your outlet doesn't have to be something that one you share with anybody mm -hmm. because i definitely didn't share like my music or my yeah. want to play music for so long. My stepdad, so my mom obviously got remarried. <laughs> Your mom officiated Hence the Cindy wedding. Officiated. And Cindy officiated the wedding. My stepdad moved in. My my mom and me and my stepdad and like our whole family's merged, moved into this amazing house. And he had a study, like an office right under my room. And because I'm the youngest and his kids were living with his mom during the week, and my, their mom, not his mom. Oh, yeah, sorry. His mom. <laughs> their mom. And Drew and my sister were in college and at boarding school. I was essentially the only kid living in the house. You were an only and child I with was siblings. An, I was the only child with siblings. And 
My stepdad's also an insomniac. So he is. He yeah. He doesn't I didn't sleep. Know that. Doesn't sleep. Probably sleeps three hours a day. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Just loony Rob. We'll, we'll put that. We'll put that in the. <laughs> put that in the sidebar. And he would play the guitar at night, and I'd get so annoyed <laughs> because I'd be upstairs trying to go to bed, and I just hear. <laughs> like his foot tapping and I'd go to my mom's room I hate living with him sucks go downstairs tell him to shut up she'd wake up go downstairs and then this is also the time that YouTube was really becoming like prevalent in yeah. like everyone's lives and so he would go to work he commuted into the city and I would get home around like three from school and I would go on YouTube in his office like on his computer and then I started seeing like YouTube like how to play the guitar and I was like well I have a guitar right here and I was kind of doing it to be like, I'm going to touch his guitars and like, yeah, like be a little I'm gonna shit. Fuck this guy. Yeah, like, fuck this dude. I'm, it was almost like in spite. And then I started playing. And it's so funny because I could just envision Rob like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> him just being like, totally. And I just started playing. I had this one specific instructor on YouTube that would come up with a video every week. Mm-hmm. And I just became obsessed. Like, I just loved it. And then I started kind of, just naturally just like writing my own songs and then one day Rob was my stepdad was playing music and I went in and I was like can I try <laughs> he's like yeah sure and I started playing a little bit and he's like what the heck like you know how to play the guitar like and I knew like two chords but he was like kind of impressed and then it became this way not only like a bridge I think in our relationship mm-hmm. but a outlet for me and I started writing more and then it just became something where I could grab a guitar go into my room and just kind of like let things out experiment write say things sing, try and sing definitely was a horrible singer when I first started playing the guitar but like how do you and turn into a good singer because you're you just, really it's good just, it's just practice I don't agree it if is. I practiced I would not be a good singer I early. think that <laughs> no I'm sorry I refuse to believe I that I think that for a while it was like I only sang my songs well because it was okay. like, I felt like I had something to say and it was, they were mine and I could only say them in a certain way. And then I started playing with, in high school, we went to, I was on, in theater and they, we did like an adaption of a Shakespeare play. And <laughs> I was like, what if I took all the sonnets and wrote them in like a contemporary way? So me and one of my, Nick Jekyll, who was in, in the play, we started writing these sonnets in like different ways, came up with this whole score. And then it got picked up and we got to go to Fringe. And so we went well, to- I didn't know any of yeah, this. Yeah, so we went to Fringe in Edinburgh my, my senior year, like going into my senior year. And that's when I was like, oh, like- I actually, I'm good at this. I'm kind of good at this. Like there's people like we would busk. People are giving us money and like we had these shows. People were buying tickets to like I was like, wow, this is super cool. And that's when I started thinking about doing it in college. And the problem was I had no actual training, <laughs> like, training, <laughs> didn't know theory, didn't know anything. But I was like, I'm writing songs and they're good. People like them. The people I show them to like them at least. And yeah, and then it just became something that I like just really liked the people who were interested, wanted to play with me. And I just felt really good performing. When I went to college, I didn't, they were like, we'll let you be a mine, like a jazz guitar minor, even though you have literally no experience. But <laughs> we heard one of your songs and I like won some competition in Bucks County, like singer songwriter competition. Like I'm learning so too. much about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I got to college and they were like, we'll give it a week. And if you can do it, like we'll let you stay in the program. And I, my first week, it was like, I got to this music class and everyone's so good and like, 
knows how to read music and I'm so <laughs> far behind everyone else that I had to go to like tutoring twice a week with the guitar professor and he just was like yeah it's fine we'll just do this so yeah that's kind of I guess started playing when I was probably like I picked up a guitar when I was 12. Like, yeah I mean it's just crazy but I didn't start performing till I was like 17. So I think there yeah. are so many little tidbits in this because yeah. one you can't d ignore this full circle ish moment oh of you can't you working through trauma yeah. of losing your father through music originally in spite of yeah your new stepdad yeah but then at that becomes the connector for the totally. two of you yeah that is something it's, in and of itself it that's is. incredible yeah it is and i i have really spent the last two years three years since coming out since becoming i guess a recording artist mm -hmm. which i still feel so uncomfortable saying why i don't, I don't know shit <laughs> i listen to your music all the time good i'm so happy but it just feels like so weird to say that but like since actually becoming a recording artist i with the quotation marks yeah, you're okay. fucking recording <laughs> like trying to hold my fingers <laughs> i've really leaned into that and owned that because mm -hmm. that is the reality and that's what's happened and that's you know that's my experience it's beautiful and it's beautiful and it's it's really special and it's not like what was happening I'm thinking this. If right. anything, I there was a long time where I was really, really pissed that I loved music so much. Because you shared it with your because stepdad? Because I shared it with my stepdad. Mm -hmm. And it felt like if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for losing my dad, if it wasn't for him being in my life, I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't have it. I totally think I would feel the same way. Yeah. But I also think there's the other lens, which I think you now look through yeah. of- this is your dad giving you totally. this gift. Mm -hmm. Like this all didn't happen for a reason, mm -mm. but somehow it all makes sense. Totally, yeah. And I, going back to music, playing this intense vehicle of connection mm -hmm. and all of those things. I remember, not that time at A&B, mm -hmm. but when, because I don't think you were playing your own music no, at that yeah, point. No, yeah, I definitely wasn't. I was playing like covers. Fever. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. Dead. But I remember <laughs> Q fever at the what is the name of the bar? In oh, oh, Hillbilly Hall at Hillbilly Hall. Yes, when you were playing mm -hmm. your that own was, stuff, yeah. And I'm dancing with Lucy, yeah, on the dance floor, just crying. Yeah, you were crying. <laughs> Could not keep my shit shit together. Yeah, I'm a very emotional person in my older age. Like I cry way more than I ever did. In it's my, so crazy. It's to see. weird. It's I know. So crazy it's really to see. weird. But it's, it's probably beautiful. It's amazing. Very odd for you to witness my like work <laughs> through the oh lens God, of knowing it. me. I've when always I was been so interested. In but it, though, anyway, that moment just. It was this flood of emotions mm -hmm. for me that I think so many people experience when they listen to music because it connects them in yeah. some deeper feeling that maybe they haven't addressed. Like I'm not often thinking about the impact yeah. 9-11 had on yeah. you, but in no. that moment, it was this flood of emotions mm -hmm. because it all hit me. Yeah. So let's talk about your music. Yeah. I love all your songs, of course. Mountains Alone, Jam 2, all the time. Yes. All the time. Shake yes. My Tree. Shake My Tree is great. Big fan. Yeah. But your latest track, yeah. When I Tell You. Oh, my God. Talk about stop, tears. Stop. No. My family <laughs> chat. I mean, Lucy's pictures. I'm Lucy's, sure she's like, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of selfies that day. I'm just Lucy was just, well, I mean, we were all crying, but Lucy was like unwell. <laughs> because I think she's been the most connected with totally. you through this experience. Yeah. Obviously, you guys were the same age and- mm -hmm 
affected you in different ways, yeah. 9-11. But I would love to hear more about how the creative that went into writing this song because totally. it's so beautiful. Yeah, Trust Me Honey is, yeah, it's it's a track for sure. And <laughs> I wrote it literally probably like this week last year. And I've all, I had this experience and I've talked about it before, but I've had this experience. Yoga was huge. I mean, my mom, and that's another thing. Yoga was huge yeah. for our parents. After, post they started. They post started. On them. So they, my mom took her first yoga class like two weeks before 9-11, which is so crazy to think about. That is um, crazy. And then it became, you know, Cindy, my mom doing yoga privately with Laura all the time. All the time. But yeah. And just becoming insanely good at insanely yoga. Insanely good. But like also answering phone calls in the middle of yoga. Like, yeah. hey, I'm in yoga. What's up? That to me That's was like not, not weird allowed. until I became an adult <laughs> yeah. and started going to yoga classes. And I was like, why the fuck were you answering my yeah, calls like, in yoga? do that. <laughs> and so... Yeah, and I was in a yoga class and I, I used to get really, really stoned and go to yoga in in college. I've never done that and I think I should. You definitely should. I love it. And I'm just in Shavasana and like, I just kind of like closed my eyes and I was just by Stony Brook Creek, right? Like the bridge right before you could go to JP. Yeah. And, and my dad used to fish there and I only know that because specifically because Alex Powers, used one of my dad's really good friends used to say, I just always remembered seeing his car there and then being able to look down at the creek and I would see you with him and he would just be fly fishing and you'd just be at the creek. So that's, you know, informed. Mm -hmm. But then I'm, I'm laying down in Shavasana and I'm there. Like I'm literally a kid and I see him. He's fishing and it was so real. Like it to me, it is the last time I saw him was that that's moment. so wild. It was so real and... Then, you know, and it was kind of like for a while I was in it's like in this space for like five minutes and then I get up and I just remember driving home from yoga being like, why didn't he say anything to me? Like, why didn't I say anything to him? Why didn't he like look at me? Because he didn't really look at me. It was just like me looking at him. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> why wouldn't he say anything to me? What would he said if he said anything? Am I just not even able to think about what he could say like am I not even able to to go there and it was really hard like it was really it became a really hard thing to think about you know because I always am like I wonder what he would say I wonder what his advice would be I wonder what he would think of my life that mm -hmm. is so absolutely nothing he could have probably imagined <laughs> and then and I've thought about it, and that was like six years ago and I've thought about that I think about it all the time and then last year I was just in my room and started playing those chords and I heard someone say that week the youth is wasted on the young and tasteless and I was just like yeah ain't that the truth it's just very true <laughs> it's so true and so I just started kind of trying to sing along with that and then I came up with this idea for the verses to be me telling him like filling him in on everything that's going on and the chorus being what he would say to me and yeah, and there's, I mean, one of my favorite lines in that is, I'm a curse to my family. I'm a lifeboat. I'm a banshee. And a banshee is, I didn't even know what a banshee was when I wrote that. I was just <laughs> like, that sounds sick. Like, I know it's a thing. I don't I even, thought it was I didn't something, know. It was I thought it was something thing. that had to do with like a sailboat. I don't even know. And then I looked it up, and a banshee is actually like a mythical creature that sings to like bring back the dead. Interesting. Essentially. How do you think you're a curse to your family? Are you the curse? Yeah, I used to think I was a curse. Why? There was a point in my life where a lot of people around me's 
dads were dying. Yeah. And it felt really personal. <laughs> no, I mean. It felt just like. We lost a lot of dads in our yeah, town. Yeah. And it just felt like, like I said, because it's all I've known. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like, oh, is is it me? You know? Am I the problem? Am I the problem? But like, you realize that's not possible. No, right? I know. I just yeah. want to be very clear. <laughs> yeah, we'll reiterate that for sure. Yeah. But I think the contrast of like being a curse and a lifeboat is something I can relate to of feeling like you're the problem, but also the solution constantly all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I feel like I totally get from you all the time. I feel that way. Yeah. A lot with my family. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Like I'm the problem. Yeah. Everyone comes to me for the solution. <laughs> yeah. So like how, what, which is interesting because you're the yeah. youngest. That's a yeah. very middle child feeling. I totally. Think. Yeah. Because like most of the time I am the problem. Yeah. But I also am the one that they're like, yeah. how do we fix this? Totally. <laughs> so it's like, I think you just remove me from the equation. Yeah. Okay. Because I was wondering that when I, I mean, I love the song. I've listened to it so many times. Yeah. But oh, I've it. always wondered, I'm like, why would Carly feel like, yeah. And it's one of those things that I think like it's a, a real feeling I've had. I don't feel it like <laughs> like it's not my truth. Yeah. But I think when it comes to songwriting, it's I when I said it, I felt that I think a lot of people could relate to it. Yeah. And I also think that it's the first line of the song. Mm-hmm. And that's always super important to make sure that's like I want people to as much it's as the hook. Yeah. As much as it's an outlet for me and I don't do it for anyone else. I want people to listen. But I also think so many people, that is a shared experience. So yeah. many people do, I mean, look, Taylor Swift, hi, yeah. it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we all yeah. think we're the problem. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So it is a shared experience. Yeah. If you are a parent like me, your kids live in pajamas because look, they're comfortable. They're so easy to clean. You don't have to think about an outfit. You can just put them in the pajamas. They're like, most of the time we're lounging around the house. We're like running in and out the door. I'm talking about our baby, not our toddler. Okay. He does not go to school in pajamas, but our baby, especially being like a fall winter baby, pajamas are just 10 times easier. When I had a summer baby, sure. He was in like a onesie or just a diaper hanging out outside. Our winter fall baby, whatever the reference name we're going to use, pajamas 99% of the time. One of my absolute favorite brands that we have been wearing 24-7 are the Dreamland Baby Luxe Weave Bamboo Pajamas. They are so, so, so soft, so soft, and they have the bamboo Luxe Weave, so they are like extra stretchy. You can really like get the most out of every single size, and I love that I can match the two boys, and I know I said I wasn't going to be that mom, but guess what? I'm very much that mom. Our toddler is in the two-piece set and our baby is in their two-way zipper pajamas, which also brings up the fact that they have the two-way zipper because non-negotiable, absolute non-negotiable for a baby. If you're purchasing for your own child or if you are gifting to someone who just had a kid, two-way zipper is a must. You never want to have to deal with like taking the full pajama set off when you're doing one of those diaper changes, especially in the middle of the night. The other thing I'm loving is their innovative dream cuffs. So they prevent from scratching and keep their hands and feet cozy as you just like pull them over their fingers and toes to eliminate the need for additional booties or mittens. Exclusive discount for Freckled Foodie and Friends listeners. Go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter my code Cameron at checkout to receive 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. This offer is for new and existing customers. 
I shared on social that I'm like struggling with figuring out what the heck to wear right now. I just feel very lost. So my stylist, Mackie, came over the other day and we went through my entire closet and decided what we want to keep, what we want to try to like reconfigure into new looks and any potential pieces that I want to invest in. And for me, there's nothing better than a like core group of essential pieces of clothing that you can just like rotate and wear in different ways. You know, like we all talk about building the capsule wardrobe, but it really is the best idea for anyone, especially people who are just like sick of making decisions. So for items that I'm looking to buy, I'm so grateful for Quince because I love that Quince has luxury essentials at affordable prices. They offer a range of high quality items at prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14 karat gold jewelry. They create timeless classics that never go out of style, items that you'll have in your closet forever, which always makes putting together outfits just so much easier. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Cameron for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Cameron to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Cameron. So you have an EP coming out, yes. which I did have to Google what an EP okay, is. Yes, which I was like <laughs> talking to my manager about this. I was like, you know, she definitely doesn't know anything Cam about music. Shit about music. <laughs> like, Cam doesn't know anything about music, but I think that's like the perfect thing because I honestly am learning everything as well. But essentially an EP is an extended play. So it's like less than 25 minutes of tracks, more than a single. That's how you can kind of think okay. about and it. And all you've um, released singles up until this I've point. I've only released singles. So I have three singles out. Mountains Alone, Shake My Tree, and Trust Me Honey. Trust Me Honey, I released last month and it is the like headlining track to the EP. So Got it's it. on the EP. So okay. there will be an additional three songs that come out. February 20th. And yeah, and the whole idea of it and why Trust Me Honey is like the North Star is because that song is, you know, like the hook is Trust Me Honey, I'm Gone. And I just feel like I, my life is always just, I'm kind of always going from one place to another. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always, you got to trust me, but I'm going to go. You know, yep. That's like, I mean, that's your family. Yeah, that's my family. It's like you're you can never hold them down. No, no, no. I know you love me. Yeah. I know I'll see you another time. But yeah. God knows when I'll yeah. see you next. Exactly. Who the fuck knows? Literally, like it could be tomorrow. Knows. It could be years. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that is just my life, and I'm always going from one point to another. So that's kind of why the the EP is called from A to B, and each song is very extremely personal. But asking the audience to kind of go with me somewhere. So in, in Trust Me Honey, it's a creek. You know, one of the lines I, I have in, in Trust Me Honey is like on a stairway to heaven, it's a creek down in hell where we met. And that's also, I feel like kind of my life. Like I'm, I'm just trying to get mm -hmm. to be with all these people at that. I mean, not like actively, but by every day living my life, we're all headed the same direction. So I think like I'm trying to take people on a journey so each song kind of asks them to go with me somewhere. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. What do you wish 
your dad like knew about you now? <laughs> you can take your time. That I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want him to know I was happy and that everything, it's all for him. Like mm-hmm. all the music, all, it's all like, I think about him every day and I think about him, especially when I'm playing music. So I definitely want him to know that. And I think he would just love the music. I think he'd be so proud. <laughs> Also, just of the three of you, you're oh. such creative. So creative. The fact that none of you have really worked like a corporate yeah, life. Well, I have, but yeah. Okay, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. not, you're all just so creative in your own way totally. and have somehow made this it work, yeah. life out of it. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it just goes to show you, like, you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. when I released, so I released Mountains Alone three years ago during the pandemic. It was my senior project. I never thought I was going to release that song. It was literally a, my senior project in college. And then I moved out to Wyoming. I'm a snowboard instructor. I'm gigging around a lot. COVID happens. People are like, can you send me that song that you wrote, Mountains Alone? Can you send me that song? So I just started sending like voice memos of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, I actually have a really like very professional recording of it. <laughs> and, so they, and then I was like, what's it? What, how do you how do you get on Spotify? How do you get on Spotify? That'd be easier. And then it got on Spotify, and then it was just like, yeah. And then it was just crazy. I mean, it, it you know now it has like over like two million streams. It's listened to by you know hundreds of thousands of people, and it's crazy. Like, isn't that such a wild feeling? It's so crazy, and I feel like you can relate to that of just like having an influence, having an impact on people. It's weird, and it's to come to terms it's, with. Yeah, it's really weird, and. But it feels so, in a way, like second nature to me because I've always felt so connected to people. Mm -hmm. So to have that, my music be like a conduit is really cool. I'm so proud of you. Ah! So we are, I'm going to have you play, of course. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you brought your guitar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we have to. But before, because we can close out with that. Yeah. Perfect. Where is the best place for people to support you? Yes. Okay. Best place is spotify listening to my music on spotify apple music anywhere you listen to music you can find me carly king and then yeah i mean is it a, a shame to say instagram absolutely not yeah. please I put <laughs> on my I all day. The, yeah instagram for sure carly king bada bing that's uh that's my instagram <laughs> handle a lot of people which call used me to be bing. your like secret instagram with all of your joints carly yeah. king bada bing used to <laughs> wasn't it like originally your yeah yeah, that was what's it called? That was what are my those things Finsta? called? Finsta. Yeah, and I then, just remember finding it, being like, "What is Carly doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew, yeah. it was get it, your sister. Yeah, I Drew definitely did not know about that, but yeah, it was. It was. Now we just don't give a shit. Yeah, so it's. I mean, the Finsta that great? is the it's adulthood. It's adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. But all right, grab your guitar, cool. girly. Okay, so gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, this will sound great. I played. On another podcast and it sounded really good. How should I do this? Oh yeah. Sounds like that. My mom's gonna die. Your mom being like, I've gotten really good at wheels on the bus. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I was like, ask if you played with her. Okay, I will I have say though, with her though before. I will say I'm actually really really impressed by my mom the fact that she like oh, taught herself how to play I mean, the fucking guitar it's amazing just because she wants to be the grandma that plays the guitar no but that's the cutest grandma but that's, how, that's who she is that's the cutest grandma i know but she, she is good but yes my overstimulation it's not ideal in the house okay what are um, you gonna play okay well should i play a song that you've never heard before oh god or should i play trust me honey 
What do you I don't know because I love Trust Me Honey so much. Yeah. But like, I sw- I need to figure out where I saw you play Trust Me Honey. No, you didn't no, hear Carly. I knew the bro- words when you when I heard it for the first time. I sang along. So tell me how that's possible. I played it on Instagram. No, I, I don't. I love you to death. I don't actively watch your Instagram. I don't watch people's Instagrams. How did I really know good the words? I don't. I swear you to you, I saw you play it somewhere. Did you never play it at Hillbilly Hall? Did I? I feel like I hadn't written it then. No, I, I think little- you did because I think that was one of the reasons I was hysterically crying. No, I swear to Cammy, you've okay. never heard it. Well, you know what? It came through me because I somehow was singing with you when I listened to it. All right. Okay, what should, should I play it? I think you should play Trust Me, honey. Yeah, so do I. Because I don't think I can debut some of my other songs no, on there. No, I think there. that's like wrong. Yeah, it's kind of wrong. I'm a curse to my family, I'm a lifeboat, I'm a banshee Youngest three, five if you count the steps On a stairway to heaven, it's a creek downhill where we met You said words I'll never forget you said the youth is wasted on the young and tasteless And no one's gonna remember what you said And the old feel whole But they don't know what they want Until they're dead And regret lives on Trust me, honey, I'm gone And regret lives on Trust me, honey, I'm gone I'm a it's like kind of nerve-wracking in here. <laughs> I'm recording you also, but I'm just like in awe. I'd offer to say long, but I think I'd ruin it. I'm a hell-raising, heaven-sent damn fiend. I'm a free spirit overpriced glass of wine on a plane ride to his family's side. It's the first time. And the youth is wasted on the young and tasteless, and no one's gonna remember what you said. And the old feel whole, but they don't know what they want until they're dead. And regret lives on. Trust me, honey, I'm gone And regret lives on Trust me, honey, I'm gone I was mapping along I mean, fun. you're so good. Oh, thanks. It's crazy. Thanks. Well, I love you uh, so much. Yeah, this was so fun. This Thank was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Download the EP, everyone. Download the EP. It comes out February 20th. It'll all be linked um, in the show notes. All be linked in the show notes. <laughs> and yeah, come find me. Love you. Love you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. 
please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.